Okay, we are in Sefer Amos Perek Tess, Pasuk Aleph, Berisi Es Hashem Nitzav Al Hamizbeach, and it is the last Perek in Amos. And just two points of introduction. Uh, we have seen that the bulk, the great majority of Amos's prophetic output is focused on B'nai Israel, the ten tribes, the um, northern kingdom. He is from the northern <clears throat> kingdom. The northern kingdom, as we know, has been a disaster from day one. And so that's where he focuses his prophetic ire, as it were. Today, however, in the last parrot, he devotes it to Yehuda. He shifts the attention to Yehuda. Second point is we have seen that, if anything, Amos, as well as many other Nevi'im, are masters at the quick shifting between tochacha, rebuke, and nechama, comfort. And here in the last psukim of Sefer Amos, it is a masterful, poetic, metaphorical exhibition of consolation, of comfort. Um, so much so that the last part of Peretes is the mafter we read on Parshas uh, Achremos and Kedoshim. So with that we begin. Ra'isi es Hashem nitzav al hamizbeach. I saw in a vision the Kaddish Baruch Hu Kaviyochol standing on the mizbeach. Um, we know from a Gemara, a very bittersweet Gemara in Nesachas Rosh Hashanah, that the Kaddish Baruch Hu does a phased withdrawal of the Shechina from Bayes Rishon in ten steps, starting with the um, Kruvin between the uh, cherubs, as it were, on the top of the Aaron, the Kaddish Baruch Hu begins this withdrawal and proceeds out of Yerushalayim, etc. And the purpose of the delayed withdrawal, obviously, is to give B'nai Israel a chance, a last chance to do tshuva, which they don't. But in any case, in Mesechta Rosh Hashanah, that fourth move is from the Ulam, to the Mizbeach. So we're assuming that's why Kaddish Baruch Hu is standing on the Mizbeach, Vayomer, and he is instructed, or someone instructs um, Amos, Hach HaKaftor V'yirashu HaSifim U'Bitsam Barosh Kulam. Hach HaKaftor, strike that mashkel, the lintel, above the columns, and as a result, um, the Yerashu Hasipim, the pillars that support it, will collapse and crumble. Ubitsam Barosh Kulam. And I will destroy the head of all of them. What does that mean? Um, Radak says we're talking about the Kohanim. We are going to destroy off first the Kohanim because they have failed in their leadership duties to B'nai Israel. And after the Kohanim, I will kill by the sword the rest of B'nai Israel, the rest of the leadership. Lahem nos 
quite simply, there will be no one to survive. There was no one that can flee. There was no one that will be a refugee. They are finished. They are doomed. And no one will be spared. Um, moreover, if these would-be survivors from this attack, from this destruction, choose or are able to dig in deep into the ground, I will go after them and take them. And if they can climb up to the highest places to escape, from there I will go and bring them down. They want to hide themselves on Rosh HaKarmel. We know the Radak says that there were uh, caves in the Carmel that they think they can conceal themselves. Um, I will search them out and take them. In other words, there's no escape. No one will survive. And if they burrow deep into the karkahayam, into the beds of the sea, I will take my snake, we could be referring to the Livyatan, that giant mythical whale, or um, the uh, other animal, that's at the bottom of the sea that destroys, that can destroy them, I will seek them out as well. Um, the Nachash uh, at the bottom of the sea. Therefore, what the Kaddish Baruch Hu is saying to the Navi, no one is getting out alive. Your destiny is fixed as it were. And furthermore, you decide you're going to go ahead of the enemy or flee before the enemy uh, into exile, like the, specifically that group that went contrary to Yermio's orders, went into Mitzrayim, and what happened? They were killed. They were, there was no salvation there. Or if you're going to go with the enemy, etc., and try and hide out there, and even in Golas, I'm going to get you there. Um, I will put my eyes upon you, for bad, not for good. And this is a most paradoxical uh, concept that the Mephoshim are saying. They're saying, this isn't going to be Hester Ponim, the period where the Kaddish Baruch Hu is hiding his face, and therefore whatever happens, happens. He can't alter it or do anything, or he chooses not to alter it. You are at the mercy of Hester Ponim. This is paradoxically Hashkocha Pratis, the individual attention God gives to man. But it is Hashkocha Pratis inverted. It is hashkocha pratis, not for good, that he's guiding you. Um, it's a paradoxical kind of, you can't hide, I am going to find you. The Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to send, again we're referring to an earthquake, 
uh, as the Radak says, uh, there will be an earthquake that destroys the land and melts the everyone will be destroyed and it will be the waters of the depths will come and overflow the earth and overflow its boundaries like Mitzrayim as we've said before the richness of Egypt was in the miracle that the Nile would overflow each year making the whole land fertile for growth and harvesting etc but this is not the same you're going to be destroyed by the river that will just destroy all human and agricultural uh, potential Speaking of the Kodesh Baruch Hu, he rules from the heavens above the Aguda Soalorets, but on earth he has his Aguda. Aguda is a bound like a lulav, and Esro in the Hadassah and the Aravos are bound together in Aguda Achas, one union, one unity. And so that's what the Kodesh Baruch Hu is depending on earth, is the unity of man. If there isn't this togetherness among Jews, if there isn't this aravus uh, between a Jew and his fellow Jew, the Kodesh Baruch Hu cannot rule from above. It's conditioned on us being united as a people. And I will take the seas of the earth, and this is a blessing, like I will take the salt water from the earth, from the oceans that will then be evaporated and returned by Yisrochem. I will pour them on Hashem Shemo. Now, this is where the mafter begins, and this is where the consolation really uh, starts. Halo kivnei kushiyim atem li b'nei Yisrael, um Hashem. And a strange metaphor. Are you not like the Ethiopians to me, says the Kaddish Baruch What does that mean? The Kushites are the Ethiopians. And the Mephorshim argue, is this good, that they're like the Kushim, or is it bad? Is it a, a, an insult? So we're divided all over the place. Mephorshim say that like the Kushites, who have been in a sort of permanent avdus, so are you in an eternal avdus to Hashem. In other words, we're bound together. That's good. And thus, as the Kushite cannot change his skin, they're black, you, B'nai Israel, can't change your terrible ways. That's bad. So you see it comes in on both ways. Um, and there's as well as are you not just like the Kushite uh, is in fact never changes. So you, B'nai Israel, never changed before the Kaddish Baruch Hu as for good. So... As we see, it comes on both sides um, that are you not like the Kushites to me? The Malbin uh, say is just as the Kushites stand out with their dark skin, my people stand out as my people. They are my eternal nation. Um, and continues the Kaddish Baruch Hu, 
Halois Yisrael Halisi Meeretz Mitzrayim Uplishtim Mi Kaftor Ba'aram Mi Kir. Just as I took you out of Mitzrayim and the Philistines I saved from Kaftor. You're talking about Kaftor was from Assyria that had conquered the Philistines. I redeemed the Philistines. As in Navi, we've learned that the Philistines have returned. Ba'aram Mi Kir and Aram is saved from Kir. But I saved those other nations, but I did not make them a sovereign nation like I made you, B'nai Israel. Um, however, I will destroy that nation that has so sinned against me from the beginning, from the earth, but Ephes Kilo Hashmid Hashmid Espes Yaakov Numashem. They will always survive, Beis Yaakov, even though I destroy them, even though I send into exile, even though they will suffer, they will never perish as a nation. I am commanding, I will clear you out from all the Goyim. Es says the Navi as Beis Yisrael Kasher Yanuah Bechichra Veloi Pol Sror Ores. I will clean you out. I will process you like one puts um, grain in a sieve that you wean out the chaff and Logi pulled straws, but a pebble will not fall to the ground. In other words, that's how I will deal with you, B'nai Israel. In other words, you will survive no matter what. You will survive. All those of my nation who have sinned against me will die. You will not uh, survive those of you who say, uh, we've done no wrong, we've done no evil. But on that day, by Yom Hahu, Akim Esukas David Hanofelis, I will raise again the fallen sukkah of David. We say this in the uh, benching on sukkahs, of course. And sukkahs Hanofelis could mean various things. One, it can mean like the sukkah gives us protection from all the elements. So does the sukkah of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. More popularly, it is the Beis Hamikdash. The sukkah stavit hanafelas vigor darti es pirtsehem. I will repair your breaches, vasirosi kim, and your fallen ruins I will raise again, uvonisa kemei olam, and I will build it for eternity. Uh, you will never lose it. At this point, after uh, the redemption, after Achris Hayomim, you are never going to be destroyed again. Moreover, you will inherit the remnants of Edom. In other words, you will finally triumph over your centuries-old uh, adversary, Edom, Esau, 
We will realize that status of where you would become, as we've said, a more hagola, that in other words, a light to the nations where you are supreme. Israel is the prime nation, the Kaddish Baruch Hu is the one and only creator recognized by all, and the Jewish people are at the very apex of, of this hierarchy. Um, so continues, and a beautiful metaphor, the um, thresher will approach the kotzer, the he who seeds the field, the dorechanovim, and he who tramples the grapes, that's the final process in producing wine, the Moshe Chazoro, with he who seeds the vineyard. In other words, there will be so much lavish abundance, there will be so much prosperity, that the cycles of planting will run into each other. In other words, that nigashachores, the plower, will come right as the kotzer takes it, the harvester. As soon as he's finished, we start to seed again. The anovim, as soon as we trample, we plant the vineyard again. There will be just absolute abundance. And interestingly enough, this comes directly from the chumash. We learn in Bechukosai, let me quote, the one who um, harvests will come to the one who sees, the seer will take over the zera, etc. in the vineyard. It will just be, again, absolute prosperity. And the mountains will flow, assist, assist could mean wine from the vineyards, assist some say is the fruits that are squeezed from any kind of fruit. It will just drain down the mountains in abundance. And all the hills will melt. By that we mean, say the Mephoshim, that the shepherds, tending their flocks on the mountaintops. They will give such of their milk that it will look to an observer like the mountains are melting as it flows down. Again, unlimited prosperity. They will build the cities that have been desolated. They will build the vineyards. They will drink their wine. They will make their gardens. They will eat of their fruits. And in Unutatim, to plant, Unutatim al and as the Radak says, uh, in fact, we should let him have the last word. He says, you will be like trees, that are not moved from its place. You will never again be exiled from your land. You will do the work, the bidding of the Kaddish Baruch Hu, never to lead your land again. That I have given to you eternally, says the Kaddish Baruch Hu, a beautiful ending to a beautiful prophecy and a 
Nirza Hashem. You won't want to miss 8.45 a.m. tomorrow when we begin the only one-chapter Navi in the entire Tanakh, but a very interesting one, Obadja, 8.45 a.m. tomorrow. Be there. Adam. Yeah.